welcome back to episode 13 of uh, We Are Everything Football Podcast. And oh, this is a good week for me, man. This has been a great, great week for me as a United fan. Because we're going to start off this episode talking about my co-host's favorite team. Bro, tell me, bro, how you feel this week, man. How do you feel from last week's games? I don't even want to review any of the game. Why do you even drag me here? No, no, no. That's not how we do it, man. That's not how we do it. We always start with the positive, but and we always start with the we, like I said, we always start with the positive, and that has always been Chelsea. You know, Chelsea has always been favorites in the league, in the Champions League. They've been playing so good, but recently, uh, I don't know, man. But we're still gonna stick with it. We're still gonna start with your team, bro. Come on, man. Three, two. Lost to West Ham in the London derby. Masuaku with the late goal. Out of nowhere, he caught Mendy off guard and scored the winning goal, man. Come on, tell me how do you feel, man? 3-2 against West Ham. Yeah, obviously, we took the lead. And for the past two games, whenever we have the lead, like our behaviour towards the game just changed. Like The players loses focus. And Jorginho has been making some really costly mistakes in the past two to three games. Like, even in the West Ham game, like he made that back pass to Mandy and it was it wasn't entirely Jorginho's fault. Like Mandy is in fault as well because he could have cleared the ball easily, but he held on to the ball and trying to make some clever play into it. But obviously that failed and yeah, just and plus add on the injuries, man, like key injury players like is costing us game after game. Yeah, man, the two players you just mentioned there, Jorginho and Mendy, one has just won the Champions League and the and the Euro, and one is arguably the best goalkeeper in Europe for the last season and the start of this season. Both of them in fault in the West Ham game. And like you said, all the key injuries, all for all your key players, Ben Chilwell and you know Lukaku all just came back. But bro, 3-2 against West Ham, that is quite a bad result, man. Yeah, and the that last goal, that Maswaku goal, I don't know what happened there, whether he was trying to make a cross or that ball just went in, or maybe some may say that there was slight deflection on Ruben of the Cheek's boots. But yeah, man, but, but I see the goal, I see it from Mandy's angle, right? Um the ball actually it took some time for the ball to came over to Mandy and Mandy like he just he kept staying in the middle of the between the posts, like he could have moved to the right side a bit, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, man, I think Mandy was expecting a cross because who would ever thought Masuaku would shoot from, from, you know, from a throw in. That was, it caught Mandy off guard, but overall, that game, bro, three goals considered against Moyes' West Ham. Like, we, last week, we said Moyes and West Ham, they are playing good football, although recent results, not that great for them. But they are a tough team to beat. But for them to beat Chelsea... At, at West Ham's own ground, man, that is a big, big result for West Ham in the top four race, bro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the last part I was saying that this game is will be, will be vital for both teams as both teams have dipped recently and will be looking to have a strong performance. And yeah, that we didn't, like, uh, unfortunately for us, we didn't have that strong performance. Although that second goal, Mason Mount's goal, bro, did you see that goal? That volley, man, Mason Mount, the technique is just uh, nothing but short of amazing. But it doesn't matter if we didn't win the game. But yeah, um, like we said, um, West Ham is not 
in the team to beat this season. And even during last season, they're already doing so well and they they are continuing they are continuing to do so well this season. And yeah, they I think they've beat Man City as well this season, right? Yeah, man. They've beaten Man City, they've beaten United, now they've beaten Chelsea, bro. West Ham, like no joke. They are coming for the top four. If not top four, top five, but my god. Moyes has beaten the champions of Europe in London. Bro, that's a very big result. But like you said, man, that Mount made at Mason Mango, first time finish on the volley. Beautiful goal. But bro, even that was not enough to win the game, man. Yeah, it's it's such a shame that such a beautiful goal that but in the end it it did he didn't want us the game. So yeah. But come on, man. Like conceding three goals in the in one week, that's bad. But Chelsea considered six in one week. A 3-3 draw against Zenit in Russia. Bro, I mean, you needed to win that game. Like we said last week, you needed to win that game to top the group. But you only came away with a draw. So, that is not even the, the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is, there is six goals conceded in the span of three days. When Chelsea can barely even let anyone score them score against them in the whole of the start of the season. Like the whole start of the season, we were talking about how good Chelsea is at keeping clean sheet, right? So many teams try to score against Chelsea from open play, but it's so hard. But in one week, bro, six goals conceded, man. Yeah, like you said, we was we were so solid at the start at the start of the whole season up until maybe you say you could say the past past one to two weeks that we have dipped in terms of our defense, in terms of play style, like players losing focus. Like is, I don't want to blame. I hate to blame it on the injuries, but these injuries did play a big factor in our recent performances, especially when the injuries are like our key players, you know, like Chilwell, Chalaba, and Mateo Kovacic and N'Golo Kante, especially, you know. One, Kante is Kante, man. Like, no, I don't think anybody can replace what Kante does, but yeah, going back to the Zenit game, again, man, we took the lead. That game, in the Zenit game, we have took the lead at, the uh, I think, the second minute. And we were playing so well for the first 10, first 10 minutes. And after that, bro, it was just abysmal defending. Like, we've suddenly, like, we've forgotten, we've forgotten how to defend. Christensen, who have been so solid throughout the last season, at the whole start of this season, didn't look, like, anywhere near to his best that game. Yeah, man, like, uh, for me, obviously, I didn't watch the, the Chelsea game, right? So I, I came on and watched the highlights on, on, on YouTube after the game. And I, I remember texting you this, bro. Like when I was watching the highlights, I think 75-80% of the highlights was just showing all of Zenit's attacks. Like that's how much they got to attack the game, bro. So I don't understand what has happened to Chelsea, man. Six goals in three days, that is bad. And I've never seen Chelsea this vulnerable probably since the United game. Since now, bro. Yeah, exactly. And in that Zenit game, we made quite a lot of changes. Like we started Saul at left wing back, and Reese was moved into the holding midfield position because we had to rest Jorginho because he has been playing with hip, his hip pain. He's he's been playing with uh pain through pain uh the last two three games, and we had to rest him. And uh, Reese dropped into the holding midfield position alongside Barkley. Like I just want to say that some of these fringe players are, some of them are just not good enough to play for Chelsea. Like you, you know how I 
was playing uh, Barkley uh, through the last few parts when he came on and he made some good good um good minutes but he's that kind of player like Alonso man he gives you happiness like sometimes and then he gives you sadness sometimes yeah man I was going to bring up this topic like is it because Tuchel made too many changes to the for the Zenin game that maybe cost you the win like Malang Sa came in defense um, Saul Niguez left wing back then they dropped Rhys James with Barkley as the pivot and Kalem Hudson Doyle as right wing back that is like uh, I think maybe they've never played together enough with these players on such a high level. Maybe this costed you the points, but in the end of the day, you are Chelsea, you know. And although it's a way to Zenit, defending champions of Europe, three three, bro. Yeah, it could it could play a factor that some of these players haven't played together uh, before, and so the rhythm you don't expect the same rhythm as you would you would expect with the same starting eleven like week in week out, but. Yeah, um, like I said, man, some of these fringe players are just not good enough to play for Chelsea ever again, man. I'm sure the club will be looking to offload them in the coming January window or if not, confirm the next summer window. Like Malang Sa, man, I did give him some praise as well when he started uh, the games for us. I think uh, at some point when he was coming in for Rudiger and he did have good matches, but... Yeah, this game exposed him so badly, man. Like, and then about Christensen as well. Um, I'm sure you know the contract situation about our defenders like in Rudiger and Christensen, especially Christensen, who we had thought to be almost agreed on everything, but then he changed his mind last minute and now he's contemplating whether or not he should sign. And we are all waiting for his decision. And some may say that he is currently distracted by this whole situation and that's why that's what explained his recent performances. Yeah, I completely agree with you on this, man. Like, Chelsea, your three of your centre-backs, you know, Thiago Silva, Christensen and Rudiger are in contract negotiation talks, you know. All of their contracts are expiring. It seems like Thiago Silva is the only one that is on the positive now and Christensen and Rudiger have not signed. And bro, this has, this will always play a part in their in their performance. Like, you know, they, they, they are not sure, they are uncertain about their future and everything. So, I'm not sure. I, I think this might be a big factor to their performance, but... I mean, this cannot continue, bro. Like, Christensen and Rudiger, they need to sort their contract out and they need to get back to, you know, their good performance like early in the season because if Chelsea keep conceding goals and they keep playing at this level, bro, Liverpool and Man City are not far away from you, man. Yeah, man. Um, like you said, uh, contract situation, this kind of contract situations will have some part to play in players' performances. Like, I for me, Rudiger, Rudiger has been for me the best defender up until now, and he deserves what he is asking for. But you can't blame the club completely because the club cannot, um, they can't agree to what everything what the player demands. Like, of course, if if let's say um the club agrees to what Rudiger wants, which is the highest paid defender in the club, maybe he is asking for you know three hundred k and above. If the club just agrees like that to the player. It just makes um impression to the other players that once you demand the club will give you like the club can't can't do that. And yeah, man, it's just disappointing. Even though Werner had two goals and one assist, like I uh, for me none of the players can be happy about that performance about that day. Exactly, bro. Like this time last week, Chelsea was top of the Champions League group and Chelsea was top of the Premier League. 
this week, when we're recording this podcast right now, Chelsea is third in the Premier League and second in the Champions League and finished second in the Champions League group. Bro, that is how much, that is how bad things can change in one week, bro. Yeah, we are two points off the top from Liverpool right now. And yeah, um, second second is Man City and third is us. But yeah, we'll be looking to regain that tough spot again tonight against Leeds. But and Man City have to play Wolves and Liverpool have to play against Aston Villa, which are also not easy opponents. So let's hope, just hope we get the win and both of them drop points against those two teams. But yeah, man, I'm not sure. Not sure how should I feel right now, but like I said, I don't want to blame injuries, but injury has been has been playing a big part in our recent performances, especially in the midfield area. No Matea Kovacic and Kante. I um there's there was some positive news came came out from Tuchel's press conference yesterday saying that um Golo Kante might return to trading on Tuesday and actually Kovacic has already covered, but he has tested for tested positive for COVID and he has to quarantine. So I'm sure after quarantine, he'll be back to training as well. Yeah, man. COVID and this has, has impacted quite a lot of uh, games recently. Like, you know, the Tottenham game has been cancelled and postponed. So yeah, we wish all these players um, to get well soon and all the best in your recovery. But, bro, let me, let me go on to some positive, positive news. Man, Man United has started the Rangnick era, bro. I'm not sure if you watched the, the Crystal Palace game. Did you? No, no, I didn't watch it. Bro, that was that was a great a great example of how Rangnick wants to play. And I, I gotta say he has been a damn good manager since since he joined. All his press conference he has been saying very he's been he has been very strict and he has been very direct. Like, you know, he's not like Oligona Sosha, like the way he, he, he does his press conference, he's a very different manager. He's very strict, very straightforward. And the game against Crystal Palace, 1-0 victory. A great goal by Fred. Um, so yeah, Rennick has already started his era at Man United. And bro, the grant of games we have coming up all the way up until January are all the bottom half of the table. And if Chelsea keep playing the way they do, right, there's a high chance, you know, United will be catching up. And I think we can get there also, like. Um, obviously, yeah, you should be happy about the the starting of the Ragnarok era, but in terms of the table, I think uh, apart from the top four, the I mean the gap between the top four and the top five, six, seven, eight is still relatively quite big of a gap. So you, if you want United to catch us, I mean catch go into the top four, that it would have to mean that. Chelsea will have to drop so many points for for you to catch up, and as much as bad of us playing in these matches, I don't think we can drop like that much of a point. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean, man. Like now, Chelsea is third, and United are six, and we are only we are nine points behind Chelsea. I'm not expecting Chelsea to, to lose three games, you know, but all I can hope for is United to keep winning. Just keep winning because, like I said, we only have to play bottom half teams until the end of January to the start of February. So all we got to do is just keep winning games. And if any of the top three slips up, that is our chance to sneak into the top four. You know, fourth place is West Ham and we can just catch on to West Ham and overtake West Ham and we'll be in the top four. 
I'm not expecting United to win the Premier League this season already, you know. So to get into top four, there's a good achievement enough. But that's all I that's all I want to see from United. It's just to keep winning games. And in that Crystal Palace game, we actually played how Randy wants to play. And he only had 45 minutes to train the players for the for the Crystal Palace game. He had 45 minutes of training. And after that, he talked to the players individually and he showed them video footage. And for the first half in that Crystal Palace game, right, bro, we played exactly the way Rennick wants to play. Even though, even he said it himself that they, the players played how I want them to play for the first half an hour. So it's very, very positive news for, for United fans at the moment, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I think you have you have a game at midnight today, tonight against Norwich as well. Should be relatively an easy game for you guys, at considering Norwich's defense. But yeah, um, up until when they recently changed coach, um, uh, for and their new coach right now is Dean Smith, who I think is quite a good manager. And to be fair, he has he had got them playing some decent football then. Um, the previous manager, Daniel Fark. Yeah, but I still think this should be a United win. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, United should win. Like, from now till January, we are not supposed to be dropping any points at all. Not even one point. No draw is acceptable at this point. You know, Norwich, bottom of the table, conceding goals every single game. Like, it has to be a United win. And we... On on the week on the on the midday in the Champions League against Young Boys, we played with so many youngsters. We rested the whole first team. They were training separately, so we will have the full first team fit and ready to play Norwich. So I don't see how United will drop points against Norwich, bro. Yeah, man. Luckily for you, you don't have any big injuries unlike us. But yeah, man. Uh, in terms of the level, man, I I think Chelsea needed. Chelsea fans needed this humbling, you know, this honest, brutal humbling. Because for me right now, I see Liverpool and Man City are, are just in their own level, right? Exactly, bro. Like, City and Liverpool winning in the league, winning in the Champions League, both top their group. And it's like, this is why I say it's, it's the Premier League is the best. Like, Chelsea just dropped uh, three points on the weekend. And immediately the the top the top three just changed like that. That is how exciting the Premier League is, bro. Yeah, and, and you have to give credit to the two managers, Klopp and Pep. That just shows you what what a world class manager they have right now, man. Considering the injury season Liverpool had last season, and they still managed to get top four. And you no, know, Virgil Van Dijk came back only from injury this season, and he's been rock solid again. And Pep, you know. Pep is a manager that is very, very close to perfection in how he plays and how he manages his team. And that that two managers is the benchmark for the rest of the Premier League managers. Yeah, bro. Spot on, man. Like, Pep and Klopp, at this time, they are two of the best managers in the world right now, man. Like, seriously, like, Klopp can do it with all of his defenders out last season to get top four there is a great achievement and Pep you know winning Premier League titles almost every season and to play without like a real number nine like we've talked about it so many times they missed out on Harry Kane they don't have a real number nine they play with false nines they play with inverted wingers Pep is perfection in the way he plays his his, his game and his players 
like we we talked about this like I think for three or four podcasts now. Bernardo Silva, man, his hidden gem in that team, playing as a midfielder, playing as a winger, playing as a false nine. He's carrying that team because that's how good he's he's playing under Pep's Pep system. You know, like these two managers, just world class. Yeah, exactly, man. And in the UCL, I think Liverpool is the first ever English team to win every group, every every match in the group stage. Yeah, yeah, you're right, bro. Liverpool, first team, first English team to win six out of six group stage games. Bro, that is that is a damn good achievement, bro. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was very disappointed when we lost. I mean, when we drew to Zenit and we finished second at the group, which means right now our potential opponent in the last 16 is Ajax, Ajax, Real Madrid and Lille. And... It's very, very... Eh, sorry. Ajax, Real Madrid, and one more is Bayern. Like, bro, if you give... If touch wood, we get a Bayern at this point of time where we are having such a bad form, bro, we will get smashed. Bro, you will get... I mean, if Chelsea is playing at this level against Bayern in the round of 16, I'm so sorry, man. But Nagelsmann, Lewandowski, Muller, they will rip apart your defense because... Did you see the game in the midweek, bro? Did you watch the humbling they served to the Spanish team in the midweek, bro? I, I, uh, sorry, I didn't watch the highlights, but we, me and you expected this to be this result. You no, know, Bayern will always smash Barcelona. When Barcelona hasn't even been recruiting, I would say, uh, good players coming in. Okay, you get, uh, you get Memphis the pie, and that's it. But in the end, at the end of the day, they got sent back. They got sent into the Europa League, man. Barcelona in the Europa League. You know, as a Chelsea fan, I can't be any more happier because during that 2000, uh, 2000 era, when Chelsea were playing Barcelona in the Champions League and you no know, Barcelona got away with such bad refereeing decisions and every decision was against us and we was, as Chelsea fan, we can't be any more happier. I've got to say, man, I think Barcelona is probably the most hated team right now. And everyone, every single non-Barcelona fan is celebrating this because that's how much hatred they have against their club. Barcelona got sent to the Europa League by Bayern Munich for the first time in 20 years, bro. And it's the first season without Lionel Messi. They will play in the Europa League. Like, the first after the first game of the group stage in the Champions League, right? All these Barcelona fanboys and all these Messi fanboys were laughing at Ronaldo. They were laughing at United because we lost 2-1 to young boys. Like, who is laughing now, bro? Come on, who is laughing now? Man United topped the, man, the, the group stage and Barcelona got sent to the Europa League, man. Come on, who is laughing now, bro? Yeah, man. Uh, good point that uh, everyone hates Barcelona and I think this is what they deserve, man, for being like such a cocky team throughout the last last decade. Yeah, man, their team, their fan base, they've been so arrogant and everything. I mean, we don't hate Barcelona, okay? It's just a game of football, but they deserve this humbling so much, man. They deserve this humbling. It's been a long time coming. And for this season, we finally get to see Barcelona play in the Europa League. Like, bro, if they don't win the Europa League, that now they're in the Europa League is an embarrassment. But imagine if they don't win the Europa League, bro. 
But to be fair, bro, the Europa League is not even an easy competition. Look at the teams that are involved in the Europa League. You have Borussia Dortmund, who, for me, I think it's the first time. I'm not sure if it's the if it's the first time BVB is playing in the Europa League, but there are many strong teams in the Europa League, bro. And it's not. It won't be a surprise for me even if Barcelona don't win the Europa League. Like West Ham, West Ham for me, I think if you put West Ham to play against Barcelona, I'll put my bets on West Ham. Spot on, man. Me too. I'll put my bet on West Ham and Moyes to beat Barcelona. And like you said, Europa League is not an easy competition. Dortmund, Porto, Leipzig, you know, Zenit, they're all, they all drop down into the Europa League and it's going to be a very, very interesting um, competition to watch now because Barcelona are in it. But man, I still think if they don't win the Europa League, this embarrassment. Like, everyone thought Javi coming in and they will win. You know, the... the They'll keep on. They will go on a winning streak. They will make it out of the group stage. But bro, they are. Bit, they have been an embarrassment so far since Xavi joined. Exactly, the new appointment obviously didn't change a thing in the result in terms of result in terms of performance. Like I, I'm not sure whether the Xavi appointment was the right thing. I think it's a bit of a nostalgia move to hire back um Xavi to become the manager just because. They want the fans to feel happy and excited again. But for me, I feel happy and excited when my team is performing. But that's obviously not the case. But yeah, man, talk me through your possible last 16 opponents. Here we go, bro. Atletico Madrid. Sporting. Inter Milan. RB Salzburg. Benfica. And PSG, bro. Okay, who do you, this just on the top of your head, who do you think Man you will get? I think you guys have been drawing PSG for quite often now. And I think I hope you guys will get PSG again just because I think United will win against PSG and I want I want to see that luxurious front tree to get smashed and get humble. Bro, I okay. I want to smash PSG. Like, honestly, I hate that club so much. I really, really want to humble them again. You know, two times in a row we've done it. We want to humble them again. But for me, I want to be realistic, bro. I want to get an easy draw to the final. That's all I want. Give me give me a Benfica or give me a RB Salzburg, bro. Give PSG to Bayern. Because PSG can draw Bayern and I'm hoping PSG will draw Bayern. So at least one of the tough teams will get knocked out. Like, knock each other out and give me the easy road there because... I'm not gonna we're not gonna win the Premier League. So give me give me the, the opportunity to 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 go through in the Champions League, bro. So even though even though if we get PSG, I'm still confident we can win with Ralph Rennick. But honestly, I want the easy road there, bro. Yeah, man. I think all the possible opponents you you just mentioned, even if you have to get any of them, I think it's they are they all look beatable. But for me, um, I would say Sporting is the tougher, tougher opponents out of all the opponents that you just mentioned. Like Atletico, you saw how we how we smashed them last season, and yes, they are disciplined. They are very good defensively. But once you take control, like over the midfield in the game, bro, um, Atletico is very vulnerable. Exactly, man. Like Chelsea did last season, this season Liverpool have done it. So. I'm not even scared of Atletico. I'm not even scared of PSG. But I hope we get a good draw. But Chelsea, I think if Chelsea get back on form, right, 
to how you're performing early in the season. Even if you get Bayern, it will be a very good uh, game. It will be a good win for Chelsea if they get back to the form they were in the last season. Now, quite hard, bro. Now, quite hard. But do you think you will get drawn? Um, do you think you will get drawn to Bayern? Bro, there is a quite high high chance that we do get Bayern because in in the European stage, we do get drawn to them quite often as well. Like um, the 2013 Super Cup. And when Lampard's first season at Chelsea, we were drawn to Bayern as well. And obviously that 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 wasn't very good. But yeah, like I said, if we were if Chelsea were playing at like how we play at the start of the season, bro, I am confident even if we draw Bayern. But for now, man, no man. Exactly, bro. But I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my point. Like I said early in the early in this pod. Bayern Munich is still my favorite. Even though ranking is in charge now, I still think Bayern Munich are the favorites to win the Champions League this season. This season. They look so unstoppable at the moment. Like Thomas Muller, Lewandowski, Sane, Coleman, they're all playing so good under Nagelsmann and I don't see how any team can beat them. Like honestly, I don't see how any team can beat them. So I'm hoping Chelsea get back on form and you know, hopefully you knock them out early in the, early in the stage, bro. Yeah, I think we are both just praying for Bayern to get knocked out of the competition just because it gives us higher chance to progress. But you know, in this competition, you want to play against the best teams, right? And Bayern Munich is one of the best teams, if not the best, in the competition. Exactly, bro. Exactly, man. I I think they are the best team in this competition and every team will look forward to not getting Bayern Munich early in the early in the the knockout rounds because like I just don't see anyone beating Bayern Munich at this point. They are so dominant in Europe. Every single season they are so dominant in Europe. And like like I told you last week, Lewandowski will be looking for revenge after that Ballon d'Or scandal, that embarrassment in Ballon d'Or. Lewandowski will look to 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 prove that he is Supposed to win the Ballon d'Or this season. But yeah, Bayern Munich is going to be a very, very, very tough team to, to, to beat if you get them. Yeah, exactly. If, like I said, if you want to be the champions of Europe, you have to play against the best to prove that you really are the best in this, in this competition. And yeah, Bayern, for me, by far is the best. Like I said, one of the best teams is not the best, but... Yeah, man. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. We're already looking forward to the draw. It's happening in two days. We are going to we are going to, to talk about the the draw and the results in next week's pod. So please, please stay tuned for that because we are so excited for it. And bro, I want to talk to you about one more thing. We've talked about how Arsenal have been, you know, winning a few games, getting some good results, climbing up the table after that horrible start. But bro, loss against United. And then last week, a 2-1 loss against Everton. A Richarlison hat-trick, you know, two goals offside and got the equaliser and the Murray Gray with the winner. Bro, talk to me about Arsenal. Man. Yeah, um, like we said, uh, as soon as Arsenal played against the, uh, the better side, they, they seem to cripple and they seem to crumble against these teams. And I for me, I don't think... Arteta has got has yet to figure out how to set up his team against the better better side in the league. 
and bro, that that Richarlison hat trick, unofficial hat trick. For me, the that that second goal was so so close, and it's very unfair that it went to VAR and eventually it was offside because the referee decided it. But uh, fair play to Richarlison for keeping his head up, and still he got the equalizer. And bro, that Demarai Grace goal, man, I have no words. No words, bro. Like we we talked about this early in the podcast, bro. Early in the season, um, last season when uh Ancelotti was in charge, they signed to Kore, James Rodriguez, Alan, and this season Benitez signed, you know, uh Townsend, the Mari Gray. It was so underwhelming, but the Mari Gray for less than ten million, and for him to score that winner against Arsenal, I think that was so worth it for that price tag, bro. What a Baller of a goal, man. That was such a beautiful goal. But Arsenal, look at this, bro. Everton has not won a game for the last eight games. And against Arsenal, Arsenal just gifted them three points, bro. Like you said, Arteta has no idea what is his strongest lineup. Like, no idea, bro. Aubameyang is dead. Lacazette is dead. And the fans are so angry at the moment right now because 3-2 loss against United... And then now a 2-1 loss against Everton, bro. They are back to where they were in the start of the season, losing games again. Yeah, I think if I think in every football team, it's important to have that fixed starting eleven and to know for a manager for a manager to know your strongest starting eleven because yes, you can make some changes because especially in this month, like you said, uh it's a it's a month full of games. It's the busiest month in football season because the games are coming thick and fast, especially during Christmas, Christmas and during Boxing Day. You know, yes, you can make changes, but if it, uh, you still have to keep the you still have to keep the core, the core of the team there. Like maybe you can make maximum two to three changes, but still relatively the quality is not decreasing that much. But the most important thing is to have the core of the team, like. Like with Chelsea, the core the core players in, in defense, Rudiger, Silva, and in midfield, your Jorginho and your Kante and your Kovacic. Right now, we only have Jorginho, and that's why I I think it's a big factor in the dip of our recent performance because we lost our core, and our backup players are just not in, good enough to step up to the plate. But but that's exactly the thing with Arsenal. Like you said, we have a very busy schedule in December. But look at look at Arsenal, bro. Now, in December, we don't have any FA Cup games. We don't have any Carabao Cup games. We only have the league and the European competition. Arsenal are not in any European competition, bro. Like United and Chelsea, Liverpool, City, even Spurs, Leicester and West Ham. We have to play every midweek, every Wednesday and Thursday, we have to play a European game. But Arsenal have the whole week to rest. And they still, and they still you know, can't get the results. Like they rest the whole week. They still can't get the results. Ateta has the whole week to train with the team. He still doesn't have his strongest eleven. He still doesn't know his strongest eleven. Like, why is he still picking Thomas Partey when he's not performing? Why is he still picking Aubameyang when he's not performing? Why is he picking Enketia when he's not signing a new contract? Nicolas Pepe, all the fans are calling him to start, you know, to play a few games because Pepe sometimes can come up with a bit of magic, but he's not playing uh, Nicolas Pepe. No, Xhaka came back from injury straight into the team, and they suffer a loss. Like, like me and you, we know this pain, bro. We sign our ex-player, a legend, to come and manage our team, and then they don't perform and they get sacked. But they deserve the sack because they are not world-class managers. Ateta 
has won the Lampard Ole Ateta debate, but do you actually think they have won anything, bro? Yeah, obviously, I don't think you can fully deny the the. You have to give Ateta some credit because he did win. He did won uh, Arsenal the FA Cup. At least he has silverware in into his name, but. Yeah, uh, just tactically, I still don't think he is ready yet for the Premier League and to manage as a big club like Arsenal, it's a heavy task. But yeah, man, you, like you said, he is picking players to play week in, week out when they are not performing, especially um, Aubameyang, who I think this is the worst season uh, in his entire career. He is like he is just missing chances after chances. But who do you have apart from Aubameyang? Like Lacazette? You said, like you said, um, he's not that he's not performing that well as well. And apart, if you don't play Aubameyang, you don't play like that. Who do you have? You have to play youngsters, in Katia. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like even though Ateta won the FA Cup, yes, that's a very that's a good achievement because he just joined. He won the FA Cup. He beat Chelsea in the final. That's great and all. But look at this, bro. You if you want to to break into the top four, you have to beat. Pep, you have to beat Klopp, you have to beat Tuchel, now you have to beat Rangnick, and you even have to beat Conte. Like, these are world-class managers, bro. It would take, like, Arsenal keeps saying, trust the process. Yeah, if the process is two years, three years, that's fine. But if the process is going to be seven to eight years, how long can you wait for, for Arsenal to win something big? You know what I mean? And like you said, bro, last summer, they signed quantity over quality. Like, they signed like seven, eight players for so much money. But at the end of the day, they still lack so much in the in this team, bro. So I'm not sure what the hell is happening at Arsenal right now. But Ateta, Ateta out is trending all over the internet for the past two weeks since the United game, bro. And if you ask me as a neutral fan, obviously I think Ateta is not the guy. Like he is not the manager to bring Arsenal forward, bro. Yeah, Ateta out has been trending at the start of this season. But it stopped for a while after Arsenal had some had a good run of games, winning games. But yeah, the trend is obviously now back on. And uh, I agree with you that I don't think Ateta is the right man to bring Arsenal forward. But when you look at the people in charge of that football club, man, your your crown case, right? And fans, their fans have they have a bigger part to play as well and they are not doing that part of their job as well like you see um when uh that real madrid um boss he introduced the super league and we all thought that football was going to die and what did our football club's fans do like what did united fans do and what did chelsea's fans do our fans went to the stadium to riot go riot like before before games before matches and what did arsenal do Yes, they had they did gather, but they did gather for nothing. Yeah, exactly, bro. Arsenal, the 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 owner is one thing, but at the at the end of the day, I think Ateta is just not the manager to bring them forward, bro. Like you are competing with too many world class managers, the squad is not good enough, the players are not good enough. Like even if you want to recruit a world class striker right now, like let's say you want to bring in, they've been linked with Lautaro Martinez. But if, if if a Real Madrid calls, or if a Chelsea calls, or if a even if a Liverpool calls, obviously he's not gonna join Arsenal. Like why would he join Arsenal at this point? Because Arsenal are not in any European competition. They are not looking to break into the top four. Like at this point, it's looking very 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 bad for Arsenal, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's very very hard for Arsenal to recruit 
any world-class players to come into their club right now. And even even in the manager manager department, like which manager would be excited and about the Arsenal project? Because bro, they have been they've been not involved in the European competition for so long. I don't want to talk about the Europa League because for me the real European competition is the Champions League. And they bro, they have not been in the Champions League for so 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 long. I've forgotten how many years. Yeah, exactly, bro. And it doesn't even look likely to break in for them to break into a top four because obviously City, Liverpool and Chelsea are just they are nailed on to finish top three. Like I don't know in what order, but they are definitely gonna finish top three. Top four, United are cl- are closing in, Spurs with Conte are closing in, even West Ham, they are definitely looking to chase Leicester. There are so many teams looking to break in top four. So there's only one spot left for Champions League. And with Ateta, with players like Aubameyang, do you really think Arsenal can break in top, into the top four? Sorry, bro. I don't think so, man. Uh, this season is looking very unlikely for Arsenal to break into the top four. Like, yeah, but like you said, um, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, for now, as of now, it does look likely for uh, those three teams to finish in the top three, but in what order we are not sure. But the top, the fourth, the fourth place is very open in terms of race between West Ham. I think West Ham, Spurs, no uh, Leicester and United. Yeah, man, exactly. This, this top four race, this Premier League season is going to be a very, very good season to watch and. Now that you know United have brought in Rangnick and Conte is starting to win games and Moyes are winning more games, bro. Not not just the champ, not just the Premier League, but the Champions League, the Europa League. This season of football is gonna be so interesting to watch. And bro, don't forget, once this season ends, right, we are gonna watch the World Cup and we're gonna do the podcast about World Cup. Like football just never stops, and everything coming is getting so much more exciting as they come. Yeah, man. Obviously, the once the league ends, we have the World Cup, which is very exciting because you no, know, we get to see national national teams in action again. But again, at the same time, um, I do think that these players deserves some a bit of more resting instead of more playing because when you have so many football competitions, it does decrease the the excitement for football a little bit because you no know, players they might not be performing to their best because they are fatigued but yeah it, it is what it is man for now I think this setup is just okay but we did mention in I think the first few parts that Arsene Wenger is will be looking to have to work out once every two years but I really hope that doesn't happen because players just need some rest yeah exactly bro like they cannot play every off season. Like they cannot play every off season, bro. They need at least some rest because it's gonna affect them in the national team. It's gonna affect them in club football. Like players, like some of them getting on with age and injuries will happen. Like you cannot keep playing every single day. You know what I mean? They need the rest. But at the end of the day, as a football fan, we are so excited to you know, as football in general, we are just very excited for it. And this season, the Premier League, the Champions League. It's going to be very, very exciting to watch, bro. Yeah, man. And if we move on to the uh, Spurs Spurs game against, I think, Brighton, uh, it's, it's going to be postponed due to eight positive COVID cases outbreak in the Spurs staffs and players. 
So they had to postpone the game just because of the risk. They don't want to risk the potential of spreading the COVID to to each other. So yeah, that's why the game has been postponed, and I think it's the right decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly, bro. Like their their conference league game against Ren was also postponed, and now the bright their Premier League game Brighton is postponed. Even Man United facing Norwich this week, this are uh, tonight, right? Even um Dean Smith came out and said that there are a few positive uh, positive cases that are just not yet confirmed positive. So we just we just hope that all of these uh, affected players and staff get well soon and recover from COVID because we this is a bad time and it's a very tough time. We just hope that um you know they get well soon, they recover better and football can go back to being normal again. But yeah, I hope that no other Premier League games get affected because you know we want to watch the games. We want to watch the games and yeah, you know, we just hope they're all fine. Yeah, speaking of Europa, uh, Europa Conference League, man, bro, Leicester just dropped into that league. And Brandon Rodgers came out and said that, to be honest, he doesn't even know what the Conference League is. Exactly, bro. Like, who who the hell cares about the Conference League? Like, if you win that, that competition, you get into the Europa League. Like, it's a, to me, it's a joke. And it's just another small European competition for the lower teams. Like, some, like 90% of the teams that we don't even know who they are. We, the, the only one that we know is, is Spurs. And now Leicester are in it. Like, to me, it's something I hope Man United will never drop to that level. I just hope we never drop to that level. But it is what it is. Leicester are in the Conference League because they finished third in their Europa League group. But it's a joke, man. Yeah, man. We've been talking uh, roughly about how how Leicester has been so quite inconsistent in terms of their performance. And they have they, they, they dropped out of the top four spot in the last two seasons back-to-back. But... Yeah, this is the only problem for me, I think, with Brandon Rogers and Leicester. Like, they don't seem to know how to be consistent like throughout uh, periods of the season. Like, the one period, they can be good, and then one period, they can be bad. And in one season, in a single season, you can't have that many periods of um, inconsistency. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, when we sacked Ole and Brandon Rogers was heavily linked with United. Like, he was the last on my list, man. Like, Brandon Rogers, although he's somewhat a good manager, I just think he's not top four, bro. Like, he cannot get Leicester to a consistent level for throughout the whole season. Like you said, how can you bottle the top four in the last game of the season? Two seasons in a row, you bottle the top four in the last game. And that is next level world bottling and... They have, although they have very bad injury crisis, but at the end of the day, Brandon Rogers, I think he's just not at the top four level yet. And after last week dropping to the conference league, bro, that is a that is a very big shame. Yeah, man. Uh, just not sure what's exactly is the problem at Leicester, but yeah, obviously they are a good team. You know, they have good players. You know, um, Vardy is their main star striker and. Yeah, Brandon Rogers. I hope he can figure something out there. But yeah, man. Um, do you want to preview the games for tonight for your team? Norwich home at the Carroll Road, inviting United there. Puh, I think it's gonna be a very easy win for Man United. I am gonna go with three nil, three nil to United. Rangnick has been very, very 
solid with our defense. You know, he knows what he wants the defense to do, and the defense knows what he wants to do. Like in his first game against Crystal Palace, he already has Lindelof and Maguire. You know, this is Ole's favorite pair, and Ole always plays Fred. Ah, uh, oh, sorry, Ole always plays Lindelof and Maguire at the edge of the Hayas penalty box. That is how deep we play. But Rennick in his first first half an hour in charge at United already has Harry Maguire standing at the halfway line. Like if Harry Maguire can play a high line next to Lindelof for Ralph Rennick, I don't see and keep a clean sheet by the way and keep a clean sheet. I don't see how he will not be better when Rafa Varane comes back. So a clean sheet against Crystal Palace when they had such good attack with Wilfred Zaha and everyone. I'm expecting another clean sheet against Norwich. So yeah, 3-0 against Norwich, bro. 3-0. Yeah, man. Good for you. Um, in terms of the Chelsea game, against Leeds at home, uh, we are, we are going to be at home, Stamford Bridge. Yeah, and against Leeds, man, um, how they play, how Leeds play, how Biasa ball plays, their style of play is probably the least, the least thing that we as a Chelsea fan won right now because in terms of football attributes, no, Leeds are not, they are not first, they are not good, they are not um, the first for everything in terms of the football attributes in general, but what they do bring is intensity, bro. They play with a lot of intensity and they make you run, bro. They will chase down our defenders and that is the least for what I want in this Chelsea team right now because we are making individual mistakes right now and how leads play, they make you run and they pressure you. Yeah, this by the sounds of it, it just looks horrible. But I'm 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 not I'm, I'm not even sure how this game will pan out. But I'm seriously hoping for good performance. Yeah, man. Like the only thing Leeds needs to improve on is not to concede so many goals and to score more goals. Like that's about it, bro. Like they can score, they can score, but they leak a lot of goals. But the most important thing about Bielsa Ball is they will press you. They will push you. They will man-mark you. Like, you cannot stop running against Leeds, bro. You cannot stop running. If you, you know, if you hesitate, they are right behind you. They are going to press you down. So, it will be a very tough game considering Chelsea, you know, are not playing very, very good at the moment. But at the end of the day, I still think Chelsea will come away with a win. I don't think it's, a good, it's going to be a good performance from Chelsea. I think Chelsea will concede a goal again. But I still think Chelsea can win, bro. You don't think so? Yeah, man, we've been leaking goals like in the past two games and it's very hard to regain that confidence back that we'll keep cleaning, uh, keep uh, getting clean sheets again. And yeah, man, against Leeds, they will always make you run and the only way you can beat them is you need to outrun them like we did last season against them. Like, I think we were the only team that outrun Leeds um, last season. And we have to do the same again for this season. Then yeah, just I'm if the performance obviously I'm hoping for a good performance, but it's very hard to get a good performance when we are missing out so many key players and uh, some players are just returning back from injuries. But results is like I said in the last part, results is over over the performance in this month. Exactly, bro. I still I still think Chelsea will win, but there's another very very interesting game <clears throat> this weekend which is the first game of the weekend, a uh, second game of the weekend. Man City home against Wolves, bro. Like, I don't I don't know if you remember, but I think uh, two seasons ago, maybe, Adama Traore single-handedly beat um, Man City. You know, two goals on the counter-attack. 
and he he won Wolves the game. And this season, you know, Wolves got to a very got off to a very bad start, but recently they've been performing very well. You know, we talked about Raul Jimenez back from his uh, from his head fracture. Then we talked about Huang Hee Chen, and you know they have got players like Trincao, Adama. They are a very good team attacking wise, and I think. Wolf might be able to pull off something against City tonight, bro. Like it's gonna be a very interesting game. Yeah, man. The I've always think that Wolves are a great team. The only thing that they need to improve on is their finishing. Like if this team can score goals, man, they can they can be much higher up in the table. And they have some very good players, you know, uh, Adama, you know, uh, Jimenez, who you know just mentioned just came back from injury, and they obviously recruited uh, Trincao, Trincao and Huang Yichen this season. Yeah, man. Um, it will be it will be a very interesting game, and I do think that Wolves have the chance to beat City, but you know it's City at the end of the day, so it's not very easy to beat a Pep City side. Yeah, we just we just gonna hope for the best. The more, the more City and Liverpool drop points, the better for us, you know. And for the Liverpool game, Liverpool home at Anfield, and they will be facing Aston Villa, bro. Steven Gerrard returning to. Returning to his home and field, but he's managing Aston Villa. Do you think by any chance Aston Villa can grab one point from Liverpool tonight? Definitely, man. Definitely, Aston Villa under Steven Gerrard is off to a very good start. You know, um, yeah, and Stevie G is gonna be is gonna be returning to the his home and field Liverpool, and bro, just imagine if Aston Villa actually got win, uh, at home against um Liverpool, how the fans will are gonna react? Like are they gonna applaud uh Stevie G? I that will be very, very interesting to see, bro. Like if Aston Villa manages to win, I don't know how the fans will react because that will be a big blow for Liverpool. But to be honest, if you're a Liverpool fan, I don't think and I don't think you can ever boo or or hate a player like Steven Gerrard. Like he is arguably the best player um in Liverpool's history, like definitely the number one legend in Liverpool's history, Steven Gerrard. But at the end of the day, I still think Liverpool can will win the game. But I'm hoping Steven Gerrard pulls off, you know, a miracle. Even if it's a draw against Liverpool, I think that would be a very good result for us, bro. Yeah, even if it's a draw, it's, it will be very good. And if Chelsea win, means we'll we'll be drawing first, uh, at first against uh with alongside Liverpool, bro. But Against Aston Villa, man. Liverpool against Aston Villa. They won the Do you know what was the result like last season? 7-2? Exactly, bro. Exactly. But that was such a one-off game. Like, you know, Jack, Jack Grealish had such a good performance in the game and he's not there anymore. I don't think any team can ever put seven goals against Liverpool for in the near future. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen anytime soon. That was such a one-off game. But imagine if Aston Villa actually pulled something off tonight. You know, under the new era of Steven Gerrard, bro, it will be such a good, good result for us, man. Yeah, man. So we will just be crossing our fingers and hope for the best for Man City and Liverpool to drop points. So it will be beneficial for both of us. Exactly, bro. Bruno Lager and Steven Gerrard, please, please do something tonight and please make us proud because that's that's all we want. That's all we want. Like I know you guys can do it. Please do it. Yeah, man. It will be a very good um early Christmas present for us. Yeah, and also for our team to win, like please, like just just don't drop points. If even if Liverpool and City drop points, at least we win, right? So you know we can close the gap. 
But anyways, that will be the end of this episode. And I'm already looking forward to next week's episode, man, because we're going to talk so much about the Premier League, the Champions League draw. Bro, it's going to be such an exciting episode. Yeah, man. Like, I can't tell you how excited I am for the draw, even though Chelsea finished second. And, you know, like I just mentioned to you, the, our possible last 16 opponents, it's all tough teams. And, yeah, man. Hope for the best and very excited for the draw. Right, 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 right. So, yep. It will be the end of this episode and we'll see you next week. Ciao.